and business is not, I mean, it, it's complex, but when you break it down and eat it a bite at a time, that elephant gets a lot more manageable. That's Army veteran Ben Burt talking about starting a fiber new franchise, experts in leather, plastic, and vinyl restoration. Up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal Credit Union helps you take control of your finances after the holidays. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Hey, today we're talking with Army veteran Ben Burt, founder of Fibernew. So, I said founder of Fibernew. It's actually a franchise, but you're 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 the owner of your business owner and your independent operator. So, um, we're going to talk about some of the franchising aspects and your experiences of coming out of the army after 26 years, no doubt. Do you want to bring that up? So. Ben, first, uh, before we get to talking about business and entrepreneurship, take us back and tell us what you did in 26 years worth of Army. Okay. Well, thanks for having me, Joe. Um, yeah, I, I spent uh, 26 years, started off in the infantry, 2nd uh, Ranger Battalion, and then uh, two or three assignments, uh, 173rd, and then uh, ended up in the 82nd just as the war was kicking off. Um, and then did three years there and, uh, finally got over to special forces, um, and spent the last, uh, 15 years of my career there. Wow. Okay. How many, uh, how many deployments, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, eight, seven, oh, seven to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. <laughs> really? Seven to Afghanistan. Holy cow. Yeah. Man, good on you. And at the, uh, somewhere in there you, be, you became a medic. Yeah, when I uh, reclassed over to Special Forces, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was an 18 Delta uh, Special Forces medic. Okay. And then um, did that for about nine years and then uh, got promoted to uh, operations sergeant. So spent yeah. the la- uh, last three years in group uh, as a team sergeant and then um, and then started to transition over to SWIC and uh, ran operations for medical group, training the uh, new Special Operations medics and uh, MARSOC and SARCs, um, training yeah. them as well. Okay. Um, at Fort Bragg here. And, uh, that's where I retired from. Awesome. Wow. And so talk to us about what you're, you were thinking about as far as transition, as you're getting ready to retire after, uh, being in the army for 26 years, were you thinking way ahead or did it come as a surprise to you? No, yeah, I was thinking way ahead. Uh, however, all that planning and everything changed right before retirement. So, uh, I was, uh, I, my undergraduate degree was in, uh, pre-dental. Uh, I was planning on going to dental school and that was like the plan for the last, uh, four or five years in the, in the army. Um, yeah. and then, you know, after all those years, uh, deploying, my wife had a really good, uh, support network here in, uh, Fayetteville with, uh, friends and family. And she's a, a principal of the lower school here in Fayetteville. And, um, she, you know, she didn't want to move, uh, up to Sanford and relocate to go to UNC for me to go to UNC. So, <laughs> um, I didn't want to be a geo bachelor for another four years. So I, I decided to pivot into business. Um, and around that same time, um, I went up to the star program with a VA, um, up in Richmond and at that program, just, you know, awesome program. Um, we did eight straight weeks of rehabilitation, getting kind of range of motion back and a lot of joints, um, you know, therapy, the whole, whole nine yards after, uh, 10 years 
10, 12 years of deploying. So um, there they have a very robust vocational rehab program. And so they helped me start getting into the mindset, educating me on what I didn't know for business. Um, And the counselors there did a great job setting my resume, um, you know, LinkedIn profiles, educating me on all how that works. Um, And then they linked me in with a um, franchising opportunities for veterans. It's an organization that's set up for veterans to kind of help them educate them on um, franchising uh, because a lot of us don't have business backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so they assigned me a coach. Uh, That coach kind of did a 90 minute interview with me to kind of understand what my skills and passions were, what my values were. And um, they gave me a list of franchises, about four or five vetted franchises. And on that list was Fibernew, uh, which is leather, vinyl, and plastic repair and restoration. Mm-hmm. So um, I've never heard of it. Um, didn't really, wasn't on my radar at all. But um, as I started to research the business models, um, which is essentially, it's like an op order. Uh, that's what the franchise does for you. And it made the most sense to me because it, it aligned with my values. Um, you know, I was looking for something where I could control my schedule, work for myself for a change and work my schedule around the kids and uh, our family events. So, um, it, you know, good, good business model for, um, profit margins is a at home business. We do 90% of our work on site for the customer and, um, low startup costs. I think, you know, all in and, and I bought a truck for the business. So, I mean, all in, I was, uh, under 120,000. So, yeah. you know, for me, that was important because I didn't want to go, I hadn't, hadn't been in debt in 20 years. So, um, you know, taking out some business loans to do that. Um, I, I didn't want to be, you know, in debt as I was transitioning into the second career. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was able to get that ball rolling, um, you know, went through the validation process and got approved while I was on terminal leave and had the business up and running by the time, um, I actually, my terminal leave just ended two weeks ago. So, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah. okay. So I do want to go back and clarify something. So is it common for an army wife to say, I don't want to leave Fayetteville? <laughs> um, I wouldn't think so. Um, but I, I met her here. She had already moved down here as a teacher. So she kind of was associated with the community outside the army. And, um, you know, we've been here for, I mean, I was in one of those rare situations in the military where we didn't have to move. So we've been able to homestead here since, uh, well, we got married in 2004. We've never PCS together. Um, wow. I did all my PCSing before I got married. So, um, but going to third group and then, uh, SWIC and our PD model for special forces, we didn't really have to go anywhere else unless I really wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, until I'm 89. So, um, that, so we ended up, you know, she had strong ties to the community and uh, good support network. And we've got a lot of friends and neighbors that really kind of carried her through the years while I was gone for seven months a year. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it was unusual. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And he called me, kind of threw me for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? You don't want to leave Fayetteville. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. You don't hear that happen very often. And sometimes veterans in the transition process, like they're like, I'm just ready to get out of here and go home. And then, you go home and it's not like you really remember it being and you've been gone for 20 years or five years or whatever. It's never the same when you go back home. So sometimes you don't realize what a, what a great support network and everything you've got around right where you're at when, when you do get out. But uh, yeah, it's certainly understandable. Um, so you, you said vo- ha- uh, vocational rehab is, uh, is the term. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
it's an interesting term because they're basically rehabilitating you. I mean, they're using the word rehabilitation when you, we wouldn't think of ourselves as needing to be rehabilitated vocationally. Like, can you talk a, right. a little <laughs> bit about that? I mean, it's, it, it's an interesting term, but it's really kind of yeah, true. Um, like we're, we're, we're so mentally warped from the military mindset in certain ways that you almost do need to be rehabilitated into a business thinking way. Yeah. I, I'd say the, the biggest thing they have counselors uh, with the VA that, that most, a lot of sites, and I know that uh, McGuire's got a pretty robust program. Um, I don't know about other facilities. Uh, I know there is some here in Fayetteville at the, at the VA here, which I just in process a couple weeks ago. So, um, but they basically get you to understand the business jargon. You know, we have, you know, our dialect in the military as it were, um, but they teach you how to translate that into the business world. They kind of give you outlines of, of what's out there. Um, they do a lot of the battery tests to find out what your skill sets are. Uh, what you're good at, uh, what you have natural uh, abilities towards. And they also kind of look at, uh, they did a really good job. The biggest thing they did for me, I think, uh, along with uh, the uh, counselors that I was uh, doing therapy with there in the VA was kind of identify and codify my values. Um, and I'd never really done that before. I mean, I kind of, you know, God, country um, and all that, but not really um, codifying what values I really had and what I was looking for was going to make me happy in the next 25 years. Mm -hmm. So once they did that for me, um, then that was kind of the baseline that helped me as I was going through the, the career fields and the different jobs and opportunities out there that helped me look at those through a lens of, you know, really what was going to make me happy um, and still pay the bills. Right. Yeah. So I think that was probably the, the best thing they did for me because um, I really had never thought of it in those terms. Uh, but as I was going through, you know, when you're retiring and I'm sure you hear this from a lot of veterans, you know, we're very marketable um, if, if we know how to market ourselves and to leverage our networks. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's less, it's less about what opportunities we can get. There's plenty of opportunities out there, but what opportunities are going to be the right fit for us as we, you know, transition to civilian life. So for me, um, I was very fortunate in the path that I ended up. Yeah. Now during the rehab, the vo vocational rehab process and all this evaluate evaluative, uh, way of thinking, did, did any, was anything, did anything come as a big surprise to you? Um, and I'm, I'm sure it was helpful overall, but like, was anything as a, a big surprise? Like, I think there's so many, so many military folks get out, and they're only concerned about the money aspect. They're like, I need to make at least what I was making in the army, or I need to make at least, or, or I'm retiring. I hear I mean, a lot of guys say this, I'm retiring. So with my retirement pay and my new job, I want to make what I was making when I got out or when I retired. Um, but yeah, money wasn't a huge, uh, I'm assuming money wasn't the main focus of the vocational rehab, trying to figure out, um, you know, how much money to make it is more about, I mean, it, it, it's a factor. Um, it just depends on if that's, you know, that's based on each individual, if that's part of their values, um, if that's really what's important to them. It, I mean, money was a factor for me, no doubt. I mean, we all got to pay the bills right after, mm -hmm. after that military paycheck, uh, stops. And even with retirement, um, sometimes it doesn't may not cover everything. Um, mm -hmm. so for me, um, yeah, money was a factor, but it wasn't the most important factor. So, I mean, 
realistically, a, a lot of my peers, um, you know, just slide into the military contracting side because the money is there. Um, but they're doing, you know, similar schedules, similar jobs to what they were doing in the military for another few years. Uh, I mean, it's a great way to, I guess, build a nest egg and then kind of figure out what you want to do. Um, but you know, for me, I, I, I was, I was ready for that next chapter. And, um, for me, it was kind of important. I just didn't want to do, I'd reach that tracer burnout, uh, where I was just, I needed something new, something new. Um, so, you know, I chose to, to find a job where I could work for myself and kind of control my schedule and succeed or fail on my own merits and, uh, mm-hmm. not really have to deal with the bureaucracy <laughs> that we sometimes get frustrated with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Every year the holidays come around, I think back to 2007 when I was in Iraq for the holiday season. I'd like to give a big shout out to those of you serving away from your families this year. Know that we're all thinking of you. Now that the holidays are over and we get back to work, as the bills start arriving from all of our holiday shopping, remember that Navy Federal can help you get back on track. You can get a low intro APR on their platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card and it's a great tool to pay down debt. Navy Federal even has multiple savings and investment options to help you get closer to your financial goals. With Navy Federal, you can automate your savings and investing to put your money to work for you, even as you sleep. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Measures and data rates may apply. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment options are available through Navy Federal Investment Services and are not insured by NCUA. For listeners who served in or worked in the United States Marine Corps, or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you of an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed with updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at marines.mil slash clwater. That's CL as in Charlie Lima. That's marines.mil slash clwater. All right, back to talk with Army veteran Ben Burt with uh, Fibernew, a franchisee. So, Ben, as you're going through your voc- vocational rehab or you're getting ready to retire from the Army, like where did this entrepreneurial interest or this entrepreneurial streak come from? Um, I'd say primarily just, uh, I was at that point in my, uh, life where I was just tired of poor management. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, you always kind of have, you go up and down in the, in the military with command climates. Um, but I, I was just at that point where I was like ready to work for myself and, and be my own boss. And so, um, that really, that was one of the things uh, when they went through my values that really appealed to me. So, um, I I don't think it was anything, you know, it wasn't like I've been a trailblazer my whole life or kind of wanted to walk outside the crowd, uh, per se. Um, but I just wanted to feel what that tasted like, you know, being my own boss, Mm -hmm. managing my own schedule, um, and, and truly succeeding and failing on my own merits. Um, and, uh, this is one of those, you know, if you can have a team around you when you're, when you're jumping into business, great. Um, you know, I would, I would have absolutely, if one of my buddies would have said, yeah, I'll, I'll go into, to do that with you as a, as a partner. 
absolutely. Cause that's, you know, um, right now I'm, I'm running the franchise by myself. Um, so I miss that team atmosphere. And I know that's pretty common with a lot of vets. Um, uh, but yeah, every day I get up, you know, I, it's like, okay, well, how good am I going to be today or how bad am I going to be? And what am I going to learn from it? So, and it's, it's unusual because, you know, for the last probably 10 years of my career, I was a subject matter expert on a few fields. Um, and I knew what I was doing every day and I knew how to do my job. Well, people came to me asking for advice and now I'm, I jumped into a completely new field where I, I don't know anything, you know, I've had, uh, about a couple months of training and then a lot of OJT, um, working through different problem sets. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of neat for me to, to, again, like the military, you never know exactly what your day is going to look like when it starts. Um, but every day I'm learning something, uh, something new and, uh, honing my craft because I enjoy being good at what, whatever I'm setting my mind to. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, set my mind to a new skill set. So, um, with, with fiber new, um, what exactly, what exactly does fiber new do? Is it, uh, is it reconditioning of uh, upholstery and, and other similar things like uh, boats, I think you mentioned before we started talking, you're redoing a chiropractor's chair from, from their office, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. Tell us, tell us what, what, a, what an average day in fiber new looks like. Sure. Um, so yeah, fiber new, uh, um, you know, the elevator pitch is that we do uh, leather, vinyl, plastic repair and restoration. So uh, heavy into the automotive industry and the furniture industry but we also do medical uh, industry, redoing treatment tables, chairs, uh, office furniture, restaurants, um, you know, some of those business to business contacts, redoing booths. Uh, and I didn't really realize until I got into this uh, job field, like how much leather and vinyl is out there in, in different businesses and stuff. But we do RVs, we do linoleum floors and RVs as well as the chairs. Um, we do aviation, um, you know, air, airplane seats. Uh, we do, uh, boats with uh, all the vinyl, marine vinyl in the, in the boats um, that get nicked, cut, torn, uh, or just start to wear out. So a lot of times we can store those uh, or repair those and make them look, you know, if certainly a lot better, but oftentimes we can make them um, almost look new again. So it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ride. We do vinyl sliding on houses. So it's not, never the same thing every day. And mm-hmm. so, you know, generally I'm, I'm at, seven now in the business. So, um, I've delved into pretty much every industry that I just mentioned besides aviation. I haven't had a chance to get in an airplane yet and, and do that, but, um, and it's been, uh, an awesome experience because no matter what the economy is doing, uh, even with COVID, uh, you know, in North Carolina, we were, uh, a, a, um, medical essential business because when hospitals and, and doctor's offices get cuts and tears in that, um, and their vinyl treatment tables and chairs that that's a, a breeding ground for, um, for bacteria. So we come in and we can patch that up with our antimicrobial, um, materials and, and blend it in and get it back to serviceability by OSHA standards. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was one of the things, the resiliency of this business model that really appealed to me. Um, so, yeah. Um, how many, how many, how many franchisers are out there in the U S with fiber new, do you know? So, yeah. So it started off in Canada around Calgary. That's where it was founded in 83. Oh, really? 
And um, so they've branched out. There's 230 franchises in the U.S. Um, and every year they're adding more. They're in New Zealand, uh, I believe Australia now, uh, one down in South America, um, and a couple in Europe, I think, too now. And uh, actually one in the Middle East. Oh, no kidding. So like what percentage yeah. of your business is re- like cuts and tears? Is that pretty common? Is that, is that a, especially like with the vinyl siding on the house is like a, the, the vinyl oh, yeah. siding gets cracked or something or damaged. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just did, uh, worked on a vinyl siding job, uh, just on Monday, um, that, you know, three sides of the house had weed whacker damage on the first level around the vinyl siding and it was cracked and torn. So, we didn't get and, and fix that um, so that the homeowners could resell the house. So, oh. um, yeah, automotive, you know, people buy cars and restore them or, um, you know, we do warranty work too. So uh, if folks that have like the warranty care on their seats and stuff like that, um, I mean, I can do seam, we can do light upholstery too on fabrics. We, we specialize in leather and vinyl, but I can do seam repairs um, without having to pull the seats out. Uh, we can also, you know, if it gets uh, burn damage or scratches, tears, animal damage, um, we can repair those and, uh, and make them look uh, a lot better rather than trying to re- repair the whole seat covers. Now we, we can do uh, some seat covers and recover them in, you know, we have suppliers that, that provide us new seat covers and foam cushions if it's too far gone uh, in most models, especially domestic. But um, yeah, a lot of times we'll try to repair it for about a third of the cost it would take to replace same uh, thing yeah. with furniture too. That was my next question. Like what the, the, the benefit to the customer is it's a third of what the replacement would be. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So and, and I like to, I like fixing things. I'm a, a tinkerer by nature. So yeah. um, that aspect of it's kind of nice where, you know, I come in and, you know, I obviously see something that's, that's torn or messed up. And I, by the time I leave it, and it looks, you know, like new almost. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're pretty much a one man show right now. Cause you've been just, just been doing this this year so far. I am. Yeah. I had a, a tech that was helping me out um, for a couple of months, but then he had to move back down to South Carolina last month. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I was pretty sad to see him go because uh, <laughs> you know, just having that extra set of hands and somebody to talk to you on the jobs and kind of problem solve. You know, we were working on mechanical repair of a sofa where the frame had gotten cracked and he and I were, you know, brainstorming ideas on how to get that fixed. Um, so, it, yeah, I was sad to see him go. But, um, you know, this market right now, is it's tough um, to hire folks. So that's one thing. Fortunately, I'm still around Fort Bragg. So um, I'm trying to, you know, establish myself in with uh, like the SFL TAP and the transitions office uh, to set myself up as a, a skill bridge um, internship site. Because I think this particular business model <clears throat> is uh, a lot of, it would appeal to a lot of vets. I would believe it. It's yeah. been great for me. So I'm trying to, you know, give them the option to come, you know, tr- try it out for a couple of weeks, um, follow me around and see if they enjoy it. Cause the, I mean, there's good, good jobs as, as a trained technician, or if you want to go the full, full Monty and be a franchise owner, wherever you're moving to, um, mm-hmm you know, you can open up a new franchise and, and have a business that you can run out of your house. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm sure you miss the, miss the teamwork and, and having your, your fellow guys around you all the time, but it's also kind of nice, nice to know you don't have any employees. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So yeah, it's one of those, uh, bittersweet, uh, double-edged swords, I guess, you know, yeah. you, 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 I don't have to manage other people's pro- problems anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while it's nice to have that extra set of hands or just that, that guy to go on jobs with and, and kind of think through problem sets. Yeah. Um, 
So the the thing I love about the fiber new business is because because I've done you're like interview number four hundred eighteen over like seven years and I've heard every kind of business imaginable and um, so I I really like the just the just the simple business concept because it's so easy to just get your you get your mind around it. Um, I mean there was this marine years ago the up in the New York area where he had. He was making like four, four million in revenue a year mowing yards, you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just it, it, it's because sometimes when when we're wanting to jump into entrepreneurship, we like we complicate it so much, and we're trying to come up with the newest iPhone or the newest most sophisticated thing. And it's like there's big demand for this simple little thing right here. If you just do this, you'll make money. And, and yeah, uh, you know, like I think, and, and I think there's uh, there's tons of franchises out there. Um, you know, fiber is a great model, but there's other franchises that I looked at too, that have those kind of niche markets that, Oh, there's a definitely a need for that. I just never thought of that. There would be a business that dealt with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the, the plus of the, of the franchising model is that they kind of, like I said, they give you the op order, they give you, you know, the structure and you just go forth and execute it um, with your own little twists on it. Yeah. So you haven't really been bogged down too much with the aspects of running the business. You've, you've pretty much been able to, cause you're the one doing the work on, on the restoration of, of the, the plastic, the vinyl and everything. So the running of the business hasn't gotten in the way too much of you executing the business. Like the administrative yeah, I mean, stuff and all that. It, yeah, it definitely took up, um, you know, and that's one of the things when I got through training and, and the business got up and running, I would, I would do just one job a day and then spend the other half of the day working through building my systems, basically on bookkeeping, invoicing. They give you like, you know, you have QuickBooks and they give you a customer relations uh, software. Jobber is what we use. Mm-hmm. Um, and just learning how to being more familiar with how to use those products. Um, you know, just like in the military, you got to learn Excel and Word and how those, I remember in the nineties when we, they first started those, we'd have whole classes and blocks of instruction on, this is how you set up a Word document. Um, <laughs> you guys had classes no on through. it. We just had to figure it out on our, own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we, but it's, you know, yeah, there is, there is some learning on the backside support, but they give you all that support. Um, I mean, they even have, we do uh, weekly huddle calls with uh, new franchise owners, uh, kind of talking through and mentoring by by uh, franchise owners that have been in the business for 20, 25 years, have had, you know, big franchises with like 12 or 14 techs and three territories. And they kind of talk you through the nuts and bolts of, hey, you know, you're trying to get into the medical market. Okay, well, this is how you would market to the medical market. This is how you kind of get your foot in the door with hospitals. Um, get yourself on preferred vendor lists with, you know, warranty companies um, and things like that. So it's, you know, it, that, that has been incredibly helpful too. Yeah. So they, I mean, they've got all the answers for you already. So um, yeah. And, and the support network here, even with other franchise owners, I mean um, I reach out probably once or twice. I did a ride along as part of the validation process kind of make sure that I enjoy it. And they kind of make sure that I really have a uh, desire and a skill set to, to be successful on my own. Um, so it's a two way street there, but my mentor, that gentleman I did the ride along with up in Durham, um, you know, I call him probably once or twice a month just to ask him about different jobs. Like, Hey, what do you think about this? Or have you run across this before? And every franchise owner I've talked to has that just, just like in the military, they want you to succeed. Everybody has a common purpose of, of being successful and 
you know, they, they bend over backwards to give you advice or, um, or to, you know, to clue you into new equipment and things like that. So yeah, there, there's that team atmosphere, uh, for common success that I, you know, yeah. obviously coming from the military that we can relate to that. So like, uh, for the, for the benefit of the listener, I, I don't want to, I don't want to ask you directly how much money you're making, but like, can you give us some perspective? Like, uh, um, well, I haven't had to take a pay cut since getting out of the army or, well, at first I was here and, you know, six months later I'm, I'm here or number of customers or whatever you're, whatever you're willing to yeah. share as far as numbers are concerned. No, sure. Um, so yeah, and a lot of it depends on your individual market. So, I mean, I can, I can speak to what my market's been able to do for me, but, um, you know, I have a, so I have a five-year, uh, performa and business, business plan and goals. Um, by the mm-hmm. fifth year, I want to have two full, full-time techs and an office manager to run the day to day. And then that gives me the options to, to, you know, do as many jobs uh, as I want or cherry pick the ones I want or get another business and start uh, developing another income stream. So that's my five-year goal. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of that process, I set up my uh, performa and I have uh, fixed and variable expenses. Um, the very first month I opened, I covered fixed expenses um, ahead of schedule. So uh, the business has pretty much been paying for itself since day one. Um, I haven't had to do it. I haven't had to do any additional injections. Um, I've, I've got, you know, net profits probably, and I'm seven months in, so I'm about 15,000 in net profits, uh, that I'm rolling back into the business to kind of build a war chest. Mm -hmm. But by next year, uh, I'll be paying myself a salary. I'm going to start off slow, um, at 36,000 because I'm trying to add another tech and vehicles and things like that. So I'm still building out the structure, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I'll pay myself 36,000 next year. Um, as I, as I get those two techs on, um, you know, the net profits, having a tech and being able to do that additional volume of, of, um, jobs, um, probably, you know, nets me about 40,000 per tech. Um, overall, um, you know, each job on average is about $300. Um, some, you know, we have a minimum of 175 for a service call and, and that's the bare minimum. And usually those are those are a little bit more rare because you're in and out in 30, 40 minutes. But, um, you know, my average job is $300. It takes me, I'm still getting more efficient, but at three hours or less. Um, I can, I, right now I'm doing two to three jobs a day. So, I mean, my goal every day is to do a minimum of $500. My goal each week is $1,500 a week, um, in gross revenue. So, and my overhead, <clears throat> like I said, I, I took out loans. So my overhead each month is about 3000. Um, but like I said, I've made that every month since I started pretty much. And, um, you know, um, I'm so far the last three months where I've really kind of gotten my systems in place and kind of gotten the business name out there enough to generate, I'm booked three weeks out right now. And, um, you know, I'm probably, uh, net revenue or net, uh, profit margin right now is about three grand a month. Nice. Wow. Man, you know, your numbers, Holy cow. I mean, thanks for sharing that with us. I mean, it's very, you know, kind of personal. So I appreciate you sharing that, but Holy cow, you know, your numbers. So is that, is that an, is that an army thing or did they train you like that? Uh, I mean, well, you're talking fixed no, that's probably more of an and... army thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, ideally they, they certainly give you a lot of help when developing those numbers in your business yeah. plan, but um, no, that's, that's me have, having done a lot of studying and, and kind of crunching numbers, um, over the last, I mean, a steep learning curve, you know, when you go from 
a degree in medicine to, okay, now I've got to learn how to do, uh, you know, bookkeeping and um, managing invoice and inventory and stuff like that. It's, it, from the military, I mean, I was a platoon sergeant and, you know, a team sergeant. And even as a medic on the team, you run your own budgets and you, um, you know, you do your control your own inventory for your specific equipment. So, I mean, that, that wasn't yeah. a big stretch for me. I mean, you, you get rattled all that stuff off the top of your head. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of business owners that have no clues what, what the numbers are and, and they don't, they don't know what a spreadsheet is. And, uh, so that, that's impressive. Like, like if you were on Shark Tank right now, they'd be like, wow, you really know your numbers. That's impressive. So, um, but it, a lot of, a lot of times that's missed on, on folks, especially people getting out of the military that don't have a business background. They like, they don't, they don't realize businesses are run on, on the spreadsheet. I mean, eventually it's going to come down to that. So, um, I mean, yeah, you got to do the work and, and, and you, and you got to have the skill set, whatever. But uh, in the end, it, it all boils down to the numbers if you're making money or not. Yeah. yeah. I, and you, you can, the more you know, the better all, better decisions you can make. I mean, yeah, yeah I've seen, and I, I've seen the same thing. I've, I've got, I've, I've had to deal with other businesses that really don't know what their numbers are. And that's like, for me, I equate that to going on a mission and not really knowing the plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're like uh, that's that's dangerous, <laughs> right? Man, that's awesome. So, um, so you, you're you're out in the marketplace now. So obviously, your sense of things, you've got this growth plan in place. Your sense of things is, and you said you're booked three weeks out. So you, your feel how the marketplace is looking there, just in your local area, is mm-hmm. I can grow a lot. It's just oh yeah, got to have the mechanisms uh, I, in place I'm, to do so. It, it was kind of validating because I, you know, I've never really done market research before. Um, but as I was doing my market research and then I got into business and started going out and actually testing it, um, I was very happy to find that, yeah, I guess my market research was pretty accurate where I, I have the lion's share of the market in my area. Mm-hmm. So um, there really isn't any other businesses that compete in our market share right now. There's a few, few mom and pop places and they mostly focus on either, you know, a few upholsters that focus on uh, furniture but they that's a dying industry, unfortunately, um, because there's plenty, plenty of money to be made as, um, or they focus on, you know, the used car and, and automotive, um, areas, but nobody deals with all the different industries that we deal with. And so, yeah. um, yeah, when I first started the business in the summer, I was doing, you know, two to three RVs a week working on the linoleum floors there. Um, oh. and then in the fall that started to taper off, but then, you know, vinyl siding picked up. Uh, because of storm damage and things like that, or people are trying to resell their homes and they want to make it look better. Um, you know, automotive and furniture have been pretty consistent all the way through. So each of those industries, probably about 40% of my business. The other is about 20, 25% of the other, with the other industries. But um, again, the more direct marketing I can do to the medical field, um, I'll get more medical jobs. So I can pivot into the different industries as, as um, yeah. you know, the, the economy, which way the economy is going. Yeah. It's very, very flexible, flexible business. Uh, if, if one industry were to get shut down from COVID, you, you could easily just rotate to another business, another uh, yeah. niche of business. So that's pretty awesome. And, and that, so as I was going through the validation process and, and learning this COVID was still full, full bore, this was in, yeah. uh, you know, uh, winter, spring of, 20 and, uh, excuse me. Yeah. 20 and 21. So, um, that was, a, that was a big factor. And, and going through and listening to all, we would have these weekly huddle calls with, you know, any franchise owners that are dialing in around the country. And 
the consistent theme was that, yeah, they were during COVID when everything was shut down, they were able to pivot into different industries that they hadn't really dealt with before, but they were able to continue to make, um, you know, make revenue. So that was, um, that was very heartening because I was, that was definitely a factor because, you know, a year and a half ago, we didn't know where this thing was going or when the, the light at the end of the tunnel was coming. And so to know that they could still function and pay the bills and, and make money um, in different industries um, during COVID, it was, that was crucial too. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so, so Ben, uh, somebody in the Fayetteville area looking for do business with you, how would they find you? Sure. Uh, we have a website, um, fibernew.com. Um, and then they just type in their zip code and that'll give them the nearest franchise near them. Uh, my email is Fayetteville at fibernew.com, F I B R E N E W.com. Or they can give me a call at, uh, area code nine one zero five two seven five zero five seven. You know, we do free onsite estimates or a lot of times I can give them a ballpark estimate just based on pictures. Um, and then they, um, can fill out the customer uh, information and it'll pop up on my uh, jobber um, as a request for estimates. Cool. Awesome. And we'll give you the last word. If you're talking to somebody who's getting ready to get out, they're in the middle of their transition right now and they look, they want to run their own show, but they don't really have the, the latest and greatest idea for a business. What kind of advice would you have for them? I'd say the, the biggest advice I'd say is, you know, kind of really look into knowing what your values are, what, what's going to drive you and motivate you in that next career. Um, the last thing you want to do is jump into something and be committed, you know, with, with debt or business or whatever, and then find out this is really not what I want to do. Um, you know, take your time. You, you're going to have time to do it right. Uh, as long as you know what your values are ahead of time, there's plenty of organizations, uh, and, you know, the commit foundation, there's so many veterans organizations out there to help you kind of guide you through and business is not, I mean, it, it's complex, but when you break it down and eat it a bite at a time, that elephant gets a lot more manageable. <laughs> awesome. All right, Ben. Well, thanks for sharing your uh, veteran entrepreneur success story just in the beginning stages uh, in the first year. Uh, really looking forward to seeing your future success. Thank you so much, Joan. I appreciate the opportunity. I hope, hope it helps some other veterans out there that are getting ready to start looking at that transition process. Yeah, you bet. I'm sure it does. It's awesome. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>